Y'all, our forever floatist has made her podcasting debut. Yes. The Michelle Obama podcast is out now on Spotify. This new series brings listeners up close and personal with the former first lady. In each episode, she shows us what's possible when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, open up, and focus on what matters most, from family and friends to our relationship with ourselves and our health. These are the relationships that shape us, shift us, and stay with us. This show is a masterclass in grace and growth, and we're taking notes. Candid and personal conversations with friends and notables include Marion and Craig Robinson, Conan O'Brien, Valerie Jarrett, Michelle Norris, and Dr. Sharon Malone. We can't wait. Listen for free at Spotify.com slash Michelle Obama. I'm Charlie Penn. And I'm Corey Murray. And you're listening to... Yes! <laughs> it's impossible over Yo, video. It's impossible to sync this up over video. But you feel but the love. Feel it. This week's guest is podcast OG, podcast queen, former co-host of Another Round, host of Netflix Strong Black Legends, and host of the Going Through It podcast, Tracy Clayton, y'all. I love Tracy. I have been standing for Tracy for a minute. When I fell in love with podcasts, it was through Another Round. It really was. I loved her energy with her in heaven. I just loved that they were drinking. Yeah. I love that they were <laughs> talking. I love they, they got Tashina Arnold to talk about Martin because who else was talking about Martin? Ever. And I yeah. love that they made us know that it was okay to drink and be excellent yes. during the interview because we definitely sip ever, occasionally. Yes, totally. <laughs> totally. We were so excited to just get that time with her, right, Corey? Because I remember our, you know, our beginnings with Yes Girl and it's a big deal to put on a podcast. It sure is. And speaking of big deals... <laughs> Play the horns. Play the horns. Everyone, we have news. We have news. Corey, what's the news? We are at 5 million downloads. 5 million times. Y'all let us come into your cars, your homes, your offices, your earbuds, whatever. And we appreciate you. And we're so excited. Corey, 5 million? 5 millions. I feel like we should oh, do a ooh. TikTok. How did um, Lil Wayne sing it? A million, 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 a million, million, a family, a family, a family. Can we, we yes. add, can we to do a remix? We need a we remix. Can we get a remix? I just can't believe it. I'm so grateful. I know, Corey, you are too. We, you guys are our family. And 5 million, 5 million downloads? The fact <laughs> that you guys come back, that you look for us, that you want to hear these conversations. And, and, you know, on the flip side, we are now, the way we get pitched now, I mean, we're talking a little insider baseball, but, you know, people are coming to us saying, no, we want to do Yes Girl. Yeah. Like talent that before they were like, what's a, what's a podcast? No, I don't think so. Now they're like, no, we want to talk to Corey and Charlie. Like, we want to sit down with you guys. How are you guys doing it? How are you going to play it? No. And we just feel so blessed and so grateful. And we love doing this. And we love that you love it. And we're all, so let's all celebrate together. Hashtag Guest Girl Podcast. I don't know, Corey. I mean, I don't know what you'd ask, but tell me. But I would want to know, tell us your favorite episode so far and why. Hashtag Guest Girl Podcast. Which episode or moment in an episode do you, is unforgettable to you? Do you always remember which one spoke to you? We'd love to hear it. Well, what I want is something you used to ask about in the beginning of our, our, the early days of Yes Girl. You were like, I want reviews. Please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. I want you all to go follow Essence Podcast on IG and Twitter. Please go show us some love because there you're going to get to meet the podcast, the beautiful Black women who are producers, hosts, curators, all the Blackness that puts together this podcast network. There's Marquita Harris for On Boss. There's Charlie Penn for The Saw. There is the Girls United team doing Magic Unfiltered. And we still have some old episodes of Julie Wilson's The Color File. I mean, hello, that's where she talked to Tracy Ellis Ross and got noted for a Webby Award. So please go head over to Essence Podcast on IG. And we appreciate you guys. Now, Corey, let's talk. What are we talking about today? Ah, self-doubt. Because remember... We can't talk about starting Yes Girl without talking about the fact that we were newbies when we came in this game. And there were moments where we were like, wait, 
what are we doing? Do we know what we're doing? Will this be dope? We want it to be, but will it? And I think it's so timely to talk about that because we talked a lot about that with Tracy and her journey as a podcaster. No, you're correct. So when Tracy talked about even after she left, you know, the high horse of another round, I mean, she said she went into a depression. So when Netflix tapped her to do their Strong Black Legends podcast, she was unsure of herself. And she was like, did anyone want to hear her outside of being paired with heaven? And of course, she found out that, yes, everybody did. I mean, even if you Google her name, when they were launching Strongback Legends, they were all there saying, Tracy's the GOAT, Tracy's the OG, Tracy's the one. Like, no one else had that self-doubt. It was something that she had to overcome. And I, too, like you, Charlie, I when we started, I was nervous. I mean, I used to, you know, I'm going to share this with you because you would talk all the time about you, you had a radio background that you studied in in school. And, you know, we both value education. So I was like, well, I don't have a radio background. I don't know what this is. And also I have this other thing. I've, I've been told all my life how Southern I sound or, you know, all, all the thing, all the negative things going into being an audio person. And I remember our first producer shout out to Bob Tabador who I you know cornered him one day and was like can you tell me what courses to take can you recommend some some things like what exercises I can do and he says listen you have a natural talent and the thing about podcasts is really being yourself you don't want to sound too polished so take advantage of the way your voice and how you deliver and your cadence and just embrace that because if you learn what you think is the right thing to do you're going to lose what's special to you and I'm so proud that we just held on to who we were and dug on in. And now we are coming up on 200 episodes this year, 5 million downloads, and we did it. And Corey, you were right. Like, I think that's been the beautiful thing about podcasting is being ourselves and being unapologetically ourselves and being affirmed by the fact that you all really appreciate tuning in each week and having the good kiki with us. It means everything. And then listening in on these incredible interviews that we were able to have behind the scenes and then bring to life through the podcast here at Essence. And, you know, and I think about what Tracy was talking about, the fact that, you know, she had this self-doubt of doing Strong Black Legends, and now she's going into season three of Strong Black Legends. She has the Going Through It podcast with MailChimp. And shout out to Josh Gwynn, who is our... Josh! Yay, Josh! Who is our audio engineer, um, but he is an audio extraordinaire producer. Hello. And he and Tracy are partnered for another podcast called Back Issues. It starts August 24th. And there, they're going to really deep dive into the nostalgia of, of Black culture. You know, just all those things that we, you know, we still talk about like, hey, what was the meaning behind that song? Or what happened there? You know, they're really going to talk about all the things that, that those stories, they sort of never die. Like, why do the greatest girl groups break up? Like, what is the backstory? Hello, I have questions. There's so many nostalgia questions. You know, I'm a thousand percent always here for Black nostalgia. I can go on and on and on. If there's a waiting list to sign up for the kid, is there a like to hear it? We know those tweets now. Like to be reminded. Like to remind. I'm ready. We're back. This, seriously, there's so many questions. We have so many, so many things we love and we love to remember loving. You know, Corey, we could stand over Tracy, our boo, and just podcasting in general and podcasts we love all day. But let's get into this incredible conversation that we have with Tracy because it was definitely one of a kind. You ready? Both shows. And y'all partied without me already, so I'm jumping in. That's true. We can pretend like this is the first party. Yes. If it's, okay. That yes, made me it feel is. so much better. Okay. Yay, first party. Oh my yes. God, I'm so excited. I can't believe we're all doing that. Yes. <laughs> can't believe this never happened before. Either. I know. <laughs> what you doing over there, Corey? I am actually doing a little bit of research. Oh. Because um, if you don't know, we haven't introduced that our esteemed guest. Yes. Esteemed is Tracy Clayton. Mm. I feel like we do what we do because Tracy did it first. I, and, okay, Can so I, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to say that, but I mean, when I, I know started I was eat tissue a whole trip. When I started loving podcasts, mm-hmm. there was two I listened to. It was The Read. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Another Round. And another Round. And The Read, you know, was great because it was just their voices and their critique, mm-hmm. right? And the shade. And the shade. We good needed shade. a little morning shade. shade. So good. <laughs> 
Everybody it was did. so good, right? <laughs> so good. But I'll admit, uh, and no shade to them, but I think because I was a little older listening right. to it, so I I would stop after their sort of hot topics. Right. Same, right. Same, same. So then I was like, well, I need something. I'm a little grown. I need to hear, you know, some grown-ass <laughs> women. Yeah, some some thoughts, some, you know, ideals. That are like yours. Yes. Aww. And I, you know, was searching, and then I saw another round. And I'm going sitting here going through all the wonderful episodes, mm-hmm. like Jean Grey. Remy. Kelly Rowland. Yes. I mean, Hillary Clinton. When y'all got Hillary, I was like, y'all won for Drop the whole mess. I was very surprised. I was like, y'all for real? <laughs> Quit bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like, she has time to do this. But yeah, it was crazy. What was that moment like with Hillary? I mean, it's just like um, behind the scenes where you, did you feel it? extra we were com- really nervous mm-hmm. i always get really nervous before most interviews anyway but this one i'm just like okay this is gonna be the only time we're gonna have to talk to hillary clinton yeah. and we were at buzzfeed then and the advice that our editor-in-chief gave us was like you know y'all not friends it's right. gonna be the last time you talk to her so if she gets a little rattled or whatever it's all right it's okay well, that's, that's good, good advice. advice yeah and i was like well all right here we go um but she was really kind she was very warm she didn't feel I mean, she's, she felt, she felt politician-y the way the politicians do, but she also felt like, you know, present. And she was like, you know, y'all are really good at this. And like, no, 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 no. It made me feel like she was like listening, actually. I love that. So it was good. It was fun. And she got silly with us. Politicians. politicians are really They're just like robots. Yeah. yeah. Like, My they just get to a, a talking point. And, and that's like, it. And they okay, but I asked about your right. dog. Hello? <laughs> and you're like, are you How do we get on health care? I know, I know. So they can be tough. And They're she like was animals challenged. are people too. You know? Yeah. You know what? That's actually a good point. I, know. I also remember the photo y'all posted after. With yep. us laying on the ground? Yeah, laying on the ground. Exhausted. <laughs> Drained. We had been listening to Beyonce before to get pumped up. Yes. And somebody came in and they were like, Hillary's next door. Can y'all tune it down? Oh, my we were like, God. my bad. So what do y'all do to get ready for right. big events? Like, I, why ain't y'all listening to Beyonce? I think I thought that's what everyone did. I mean, apparently not. What? I learned something that day. But yes, <laughs> after where we were just immediately on the ground. Like, I cannot believe we did this. I had a moment like that, too. I was playing for a celebrity. We were at a photo shoot, and I was playing Beyonce. And they were like, can you change it? And I was like, oh, what? No. And they are like, not everyone likes Beyonce. That, I don't believe no. it. And it then was, you stormed out. Yeah, I was like, why are, we, said, why are we photographing this? The last, for me. This shoot is canceled. <laughs> Wait, but you have so many receipts. Corey, I interrupted while you were going through mm-hmm. Tracy's wonderful receipts. Please continue, because we make sure to give the receipts I on this see, show. I see, I see. Well, I was going to say the other thing about Tracy, before another round, you were a journalist. Oh. You were out in these streets reporting stories. I was well in these media streets. Journalist. I was in the streets. Well, thanks. Starting conversations. I you do run my mouth a lot. Yes. <laughs> Madam Noir, Uptown Magazine, The Root. And I, I told you when we spoke the last time how I first learned about Tracy was you were down at Essence Festival reporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, who were you reporting? For? Who were your strings? Uh, that was for BuzzFeed. For BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. And you wrote a review of the Kendrick Lamar concert mm-hmm. and you kind of captured the moment where he had said, as much as he's played, I, lo- I, um, I, I love, love myself. myself. Uh-huh. He stopped and said, this is the first time I've had people who look like me say it back to me. Mm-hmm. And I, that was, I think, was your lead. Yeah. And it just, after that, I think I started following you. I started Aww. really looking at your clips. And I was like, she captured it so perfectly. Mm, that was a, a moment. It was a you. moment. It was a Thanks. moment. Thanks, Kendrick. Aww. <laughs> so uh, she's one of our favorite culture critics. And she's from the South. Hello. Yes. Thank you for considering Kentucky the South. I have to fight sometimes. It's not. I thought anything south of the Mason-Dixon line. How? What, what also, what I thought because it's a I little. Yeah, I mean, it is like. Is it not? Wait, hold on. Let me get my map. It's a little. Back. It's a little west. <laughs> Go back to the. Yeah, yeah, it's like. But it's, it's like southwest. Southeast. Mm-hmm. No, wait. Which I don't know. But it's okay, either it a northernmost southern state or a southernmost northern state. But when you visit, you're like, oh, yeah, this is it's, the south. No, yeah. 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 I mean, that's right, y'all are kind of, are y'all close to Cleveland? Uh, no. We're about five, six hours from Cleveland. No, then, okay, erase that. I'm thinking of, because there's an airport. Y'all, did y'all share an airport? No. Uh, we Never are um, like an hour and a half from Cincinnati. That's what it is, Cincinnati, And yes. two hours from Indianapolis. So it is kind of like... Midwestern, I get what you're saying, kinda... like Midwest or Southern. Yeah, know, like if you cross this bridge, then you're technically in Indiana, which um, my feelings I just on Indiana I don't know don't. anything about Kentucky. What Kentucky women like? Um, Black Kentucky... women from Kentucky. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. The, specif- the specificity. Good job. Hello. Um, 
I am of the opinion that, and it's not just because, you know, me, <laughs> but I think that Kentucky really has some of the prettiest black women Ooh, in okay. the country. I really do, in the country. Um, and I'm not even referring to myself. Like, I can think of just, like, just walking down the street and just be like, oh, my God, you look like a statue. Like, your cheekbones are just like, yes. Yeah. And I'm just like, what I, what I miss? Yeah. We're drinking the same water. Why well, don't I have no cheekbones? <laughs> Uh, but it's it's I really really like Kentucky for all of its faults and it's so many faults. Mitch McConnell is three hundred of those faults. Oh. <laughs> um, but I live in Louisville and all my family is from uh, somewhere south of Louisville, kind of country, very country. Um, and Louisville itself is like this little. Um, it's like one of the only blue spots in a very red state. Mm, that's but it's Yeah, but it's super blue, you know? And it's really trying to um, up its, like, art scene. It's already got a really good art scene. Um, the food is amazing. Ooh, what, do we, what do I order when I get to Kentucky? Everything. Like, Ooh. even the KFC down there is, like, it better. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. It yeah. is for Represent. sure. Yeah. I do make a point. When I go south to go to the fast food places, because mm-hmm. it's, it's different. Oh, my it's God. Popeye's just in New different. Orleans? Yeah. I have yet to experience that. Oh, no, you got it. It's like a five-star restaurant in New Orleans. Wow. Especially the one on Canal Street. And the way they oh run it. Oh. What do you mean? How do they run it? Like, mad people are in there, but they have, like, a system. So you what? go here. You, it's almost like those rest stop things where you bring your tray, uh-huh. you grab what you need, then they give you your silverware. It's what? a whole situation. I need to investigate this immediately. Mm-hmm. But you immediately. said Louisville? Louisville. 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 So, I would have said Louisville. Kentucky. Most people do. Uh, we get very offended, but it's all right. You didn't know. I did not. <laughs> Sorry, Kentucky. It's okay. It's okay. But that's how you know that somebody is like from Louisville, Louisville is the way that they say it. I was on an airplane once going back to Louisville. And there was this group of black women from Louisville. And they were just like so happy and so jovial. And they were like, now boarding for Louisville. And they were like, we're not getting on this plane until you say Louisville. So they taught the person how to say Louisville. And I'm like, if y'all don't get y'all black asses on this plane, I appreciate it, but I need to go home. I love it. I, <laughs> I need to go. Yeah. That's a great. Yeah. All right. I want to finish our re- your receipts because please, please, I'm not done. Okay. Okay. So you Fast Company named you <laughs> one of the most creative people in 2016. Mm-hmm. You were on the Route 100 list in 2016 as well. The Ebony Power 100 list named 2016 and 2017 Ida B. Wells Media Expert in Residence at Wake Forest University. You have interviewed, as we've said, many, many people. Many, many. But also, in addition to Hillary Clinton, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to leave it with this because... We've only met one of these people. Okay, Theodore. You were in the presence of the Obamas. And curtsied. And curtsied. I curtsied. I would have, you know, real talk, I would have did the same thing. Me too. I wouldn't have known what else to do. I didn't, it's like. Respect. So we're in this really big, long, winding uh, line to get to the Obama. This is at the Christmas party. Um, How did I even end up there? I don't even know. I think a friend of mine was like, hey, you trying to go to this party? And I'm just like, don't play with me because this is not my favorite. Because. Sometimes you meet some nice people and they yeah. remember you. Um, and so we're in line and like, I'm still not believing that this is happening, right? I'm just like, this is fake. Like at some point, somebody's going to jump out with a camera and be like, aha, gotcha. But we're in the line and we're getting closer and closer. I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? And I like just blacked out for a little bit as it's our turn to walk up. And then when I came to, I'm curtsying. And then I was just like, why did I do that? And then I said it out loud. I was like, I don't know why I did that. I'm they sorry. They knew why. They understood. They felt it. They it was, it. It was loyalty. Yeah. Loyal. It, exactly. It really, really felt that way. Like, yeah. I felt like I should be kowtowing okay. for sure. And then the president was like, oh, it's okay. It's a beautiful dress. I was like, ah. <gasps> he spoke to him, gave you. And I was like, your wife is right here. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just feel so good. We can't be flirting like this. That's when he's Barry. I tell him, that's Barry. Like, oh, smooth. <laughs> yes. Smooth. It was some great. iconic moments in your career thus far. I have been very blessed or lucky Do you or have a something. favorite moment, a favorite interview? Um, My favorite interview is... um. Like it's it's my favorite not because of, of like a really big celebrity name it would just it just felt like I was in a room with all my drunk cousins just cutting up. <laughs> this is unfortunately the episode that we got the drunkest because on the, another round was basically called another round because we were like we want to drink of course, while we're right. you know As so one should. Uh, so we had um Jesus of Jesus and Miro oh, on I the love show. That episode. Yeah, and this is like before they were doing the uh, podcast and I think it was like on the rise I had known Jesus actually for about 10 years I really? think because we met on the internet like a long time ago 
um, on a horrible website. <laughs> <laughs> a horrible but also wonderful website. Black Planet, like me stop. You, you know what? <laughs> you just took me back. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, the the website was um, the Roots website, the band, the Roots. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. So oh, like you know, yes. music heads and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And so we just happened to, you know, we met on the internet and, you know, as internet changes, you kind of keep the same people in your circle. And so he came and uh, we're always like, okay, we're going to be, <laughs> we're going to be drinking bourbon. What do you want? And I think he asked for like Heineken or something. I was like, Heineken, you don't let us out drink you like that? Okay, partner, if that's what you want. By the end of the show, me and Heaven are tore down. Heaven is just... <laughs> Kevin kept trying to say, I want to thank Tracy. And she kept saying, I want to thank the Tracy. And so everybody was calling me the Tracy on the internet for a while. But my thing was, Deezus, stone sober. And we were like, what did you do? And he was like, I knew better. Why y'all drinking bourbon straight on a microphone? And that's the last time that we had straight liquor. But... And it's funny you it's mentioned you're saying this story because yeah. I remember <laughs> how clear he was mm-hmm. on the show. I mean, he just, you know, usually it's his persona. Yeah. But he was like, no, it was a literature major and, mm-hmm. you know, Jamaican. He like, was giving he was, you. He yeah. was giving his real self. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, <laughs> There is such a thin line between letting that weekend version of yourself come out where mm-hmm. you want them, you know, like you want to. Yeah. I love a good drink for my anxiety. I'm yeah. I'm not going to Yeah. No, you know what same. I mean? Like, yeah. Absolute I, I get nervous doing, well, you know, nervous doing mm-hmm. this right it's i real. get nervous mm-hmm. going so outside every day one or three <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> maybe you know not a straw in a bottle that's weekends right but you want one or three <laughs> it's okay it's a safe space you yeah, know not what here mean? To judge. but then you also like you want to ask the best questions and loosen up but yeah. then you know you're like one sip away yes. from your real self yeah we did learn that uh there was such a thing as too much because people like to hear tipsy people but they i don't know that they like to hear like drunk yeah, yeah. Thin line. Yeah. It is a thin line between tipsy and drunk. So thankfully, we had amazing producers, and so it sounded good. It did. But afterward, we were like, "Yeah, we gotta, we gotta find some self control." <laughs> Do you remember that internal monologue? Like having. Um, what am I like? You're like, no, I do. I'm yeah. like, wait, can I have one more? Can I? And if I'm it? asking that yeah. question, I know not to. Right. See, I feel bad because I've never asked myself that question. <laughs> no judgment. I'm just like, is there time enough for another drink? Is usually what I'm doing. So I'll be like, if I have two more appy bites from the next tray that comes around, <laughs> I bought myself <laughs> one more. Got to get them carbs to soak it up. I think that's science. I think you're doing it right. I'm doing my science. You just right? did a science. Like, I'm into it. <laughs> Oh my God, Tracy. So, when did you first knew you wanted to be a storyteller? Yes, this is a tough question. I knew that I wanted to be a writer um, in kindergarten when I started to learn to read because I remember that um, I knew there was something like very important and powerful in like writing. Like I, I'm like, what? How old are you in kindergarten? Six, five, two. I don't have any kids. I don't know. Four. Me either, girl. Uh, Five. I'm over here guessing. I know. Like, like, <laughs> 17 or so. I don't know. <laughs> but um, once I like learned to read and decipher all of these weird little things on the page, I would just take the books that I was reading about, like little animals and stuff, and I would sit with some paper and just like copy out the stories that I was reading. You know, like I wasn't writing my own stories then, but I was just like, this feels good. And I didn't know like why or how. Um, and then I get older. I'm convinced that I was born with like anxiety disorder because as a kid, I was so, so shy and so introverted. Nobody believes me now, but like I tried to, <laughs> I believe it. I, I tried to be it. in the Girl Scouts and I went once and I was like, Mm-mm, I don't know them people. I'm not going back. Too much. Yeah. Interaction. No, I was just like, I don't, I'm what? Are you only yeah. child? Um, no, I'm the youngest of two okay. from my mom. And then my dad also has a son who is older than me i okay. feel like there was an easier way to say that but hopefully it made sense we followed. It okay okay cool <laughs> um but yeah like i wouldn't go to sleepovers with friends because i just did not feel safe outside of my own home because i was like okay at home if it goes down whatever it is i know where to hide i know where the knives are here i'm a sitting duck you know so um communication was tough for me and that's when i was like oh i can use writing to say how i feel i can use writing to um, put words together because like it was just tough for me to like speak mm-hmm. and feel confident in the way that I was speaking I think and um, I think that's when I think also in high school we had to choose a major and I'm like well I'm not good at anything but writing so I guess this is it for me <laughs> Works for can't me. do science cannot do math so um, I think in high school is when I was really like okay I'm going to be a writer 
Um, I never thought I would do or be anything else. If you'd have told me I'd have been on the microphone talking to people, I'd be like, okay, sounds fake, but whatever. (laughs) I would not believe it at all. But um, it just feels like something that's always been there and with me, I think. How hard was the transition from writing to podcasting? Um, Or was it hard? That's a good question. I don't think it was hard because at the time I felt like I had writer's block. So I was working at BuzzFeed, um, and by then I was, like, covering, like, social news is what they had just started calling it. So, you know, like, what are the people talking about on the Internet? Black Twitter. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, what um, what's going on that would make, like, a good piece mm-hmm. for this particular website? Um, and it was really hard for us to do there because we were black. Um, having my co-host from Another Round was... I keep saying this. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Heaven, if you're listening, please correct me. But I think she was the first official black full-time hire at BuzzFeed. That sounds so weird wow. for us. I mean, yeah. I, it must sound like another planet. Yeah. But, um, we do have that with the whites, though, that we work with us. We, do. we were like, oh, we hired a white employee. Look at, look at affirmative <laughs> action. <laughs> we're like, welcome. Coming on through. <laughs> we noticed them immediately. Yeah, hello, how was your coffee? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But really, she was the first. Yeah, the first official full-time hire. She started, I think, as an intern. Um, and the average BuzzFeed um, reader, user, person was like, a little high school white girl. Mm-hmm. And the things that were important to Heaven and I, black folks and black pop culture, they didn't pretty much care, really. Yeah. And so we're writing these posts that um, we thought were really like funny and really insightful, and they're not getting enough clicks. And even though they would tell us it's not about the clicks, it was absolutely about the clicks. And we're like, well, you know, this is an unfair playing field. You know, like your audience doesn't understand or want to interact with this material so they're not going to and it's not going to share because your audience isn't going to share it it's not going to find black people because black people don't know who y'all are slash trust y'all for real so writing was getting really really frustrating and um i think that's the reason it was not difficult to transition into podcasting okay it's not because um i just didn't know how to like tell stories in a different format it was just because that wasn't working and we had to find another way to do it. Um, But then I did realize that um, there are a lot of similarities in writing and, uh, excuse me, in writing and hosting a podcast. It's all communication. It's Mm -hmm. all talking. It's just different ways and different advantages in each situation that you get to do it. So um, it was weird though, because I was like, I don't know why anybody wants to listen to me on a microphone. Cause like that whole, I know y'all know about this, like the getting used to your own voice thing. It's hard. Uh, I still am not quite. I, yeah. See, of course, I think I sound beautiful. Oh, that's good um, to with you, sis. But I know it's like you don't hear yourself the way everybody else ever. Does, right? And I think that's so strange. And plus, moving to New York anyway with my accent is something that I always think about. I lived in Philly for a little while, and that's why I learned to like slow it down and kind of temper it a little bit because I worked a job that was very phone intensive. Mm. And so I'd answer the phone and say my little spiel. They'd be like, oh my God, where are you from? And I'm like, that's not why you call this place. This is an architecture firm. What do you want? Who do you want to talk to? Stop it, you know? <laughs> I will transfer funny. you. Right, like, exactly. Courtney, that was good. Thank you. That was good. Tapped into my text. <laughs> but uh, that, was, that was really difficult. Mm-hmm. That part was difficult. You know what, I have to jump in. I'm gonna share with you. I mm-hmm. know that struggle. because even though I was born in New Jersey, yeah, I learned to talk in West Virginia because I hmm. lived in West Virginia from when I was like two to nine. So you had the you had the accent. Oh, I didn't know Heavy. that. Yes. What? And so when I moved to New Jersey, I was determined not to sound like I was from rural West Virginia. Mm. Now was and that I just worked- for like? ease of communication or were you like I don't want nobody to know like I just really felt like people couldn't understand what the hell I was saying that's fair it was bad <laughs> and I worked so hard at learning a Jersey accent really like, I had to teach myself like how people teach themselves another language uh-huh. how, did now, you, how did you teach yourself I would listen to the way every kid would talk in class and how they would say everything don't y'all I'm such a fucking nerd. No, no 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 you were smart oh, to my do God. that and this I would intriguing. come home and I would be like okay yeah yeah uh huh son <laughs> I'm, like, I'm serious I'm serious I love y'all can story. judge me for Ever, and I'm so no. embarrassed but I taught myself because I'm born in Jersey I wanted to you know be yeah. my Jersey girl but mm-hmm. I didn't have it 
Wow. I was y'all and that's nice the country. If you were to go back to West Virginia today, would it like kind of come out? Oh, my husband says it comes out immediately. He <gasps> loves hearing me and my cousin Carrie get together because he's like, it's like you, you're another person in there. I love it so much. I don't, you don't hear it. I bet you too when you go yeah, home. Yeah, when I go home, it's a lot thicker. Yeah. Or after I've grandma, had a couple drinks. Like this. Like, right? Yeah. Like she would never understand. She'd be like, what? It takes mm-hmm. me talking to my mother. And if I yeah. go, Max is like, you just spoke to your mama. Because it's like everything is <laughs> 10 becomes 10. Yeah. Yep. Yes. You add syllables to everything. Girl. Yeah. Door is door. Red is red. <laughs> and and just, everything is y'all. I love it's y'all. Oh y'all. All the y'all. <laughs> so I understand, sister. Thank you. I feel so seen. I feel so seen. <laughs> so what okay, so you're at BuzzFeed. It's the height of BuzzFeed. Another round is popping. Everybody pop, pop, is coming. Pop, you got pop, Hillary pop. Clinton. Mm-hmm. And then the episode comes that yeah. BuzzFeed has said no more to and another we were like, round. What? Sorry, that's no, that was what everyone said. We said the same thing. And the thing is, we had been saying that for months because, you know, like what the people on the outside couldn't see is that inside, like there was just like a lot of bullshit to mm-hmm. deal with. You know, working mm-hmm. on for a media company and capitalism, you know, like there's a thing that I've learned through this experience is that capitalism punishes empathy. And empathy mm-hmm. is the thing that makes mm-hmm. you want to be around somebody. It's the thing that makes you want to work for or with somebody Mm -hmm. and when it comes down to it it's like okay well the board or whoever i'm not saying this happened at buzzfeed this is just how i imagine (laughs) boardrooms looking (laughs) it's like well the board is angry or whatever and where the revenue's not this or that so we have to cut these amount of people who's like bringing in the least amount of revenue Mm -hmm. um and it was podcasts the thing was it was podcast before or because, in my opinion, um, I have spoken to my lawyer about how to phrase things okay, about BuzzFeed, you know. See how the voice change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> this Very is difficult. my professional voice. Um, I am of the opinion that um, <laughs> we weren't bringing in money because they didn't set us up to, you know. I'm mm. like, there. I've never seen... Um, an ad on this huge website, like Mm -hmm. the biggest news and entertainment website of the world, put our faces in a corner, put Mm -hmm. a link somewhere, you know? And there wasn't any of that. The editor-in-chief thought there was, and I was like, I'm sorry to correct you, but no, this has Mm -hmm. never happened. Um, No promotion. No No. promotion, and like, I mean, scared money don't make money. You have to give us money so that we can increase this for you. And I think that at the time, they were either too nervous to do it because podcasting was so new and not many people were like looking at it as like a moneymaker. But um, we're like, well, you know, we've got ideas (laughs) about these things that you don't know Mm -hmm. about, you know? Like, Jenna Weiss-Berman was our official head of audio. and before she got there, um, Julia Ferlin was just like the audio girl. You know, like her job was to figure out how to make audio go viral. And we now know that that's a podcast. Oh. Um, so between the two of them and um, Eleanor Kagan, who I've been blessed to work with, um, it feels like for my whole podcast career, she's a genius. Like she knows what she's doing. So I would be in meetings and they'd be like, you know, we just don't know how to make um, um, podcasts profitable. And Eleanor would be like, oh, well, I've got an idea. They're like, yeah, I just don't know how to figure it out. And I'm just like, well, you know, maybe if we did, guess we'll never figure it out. And mm-hmm. it's just like, mm-hmm. what's, listen, that, what's happening? Exactly. Yeah. And then, like, I'm in this position. I'm just like, okay, is it because we're, because we were a team of all women? Um, and I'm just like, is that why these men aren't listening to us? Can't, I don't know. Can't mm-hmm. say yes or no. But I do know that as a woman and as a woman of color, you think about that stuff. And every time you go to work, it's just like, you know, how am I going to make it through this day yet again? But also, we couldn't communicate to our listeners, like, the true reasons why this thing was happening. And uh, that was really hard for me, especially because I'm the most visible person on Twitter from uh, the audio department. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's asking me, like, what's going on? What's going on? Are y'all coming back? This sounds fake. This sounds like a lie. And mm-hmm. I got so sick. I got so depressed after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and but- this was on top of your already acknowledged anxiety. anxiety. Yes. So yes. doubling yeah. down on that So stress. doubling down on that. It must that. have been a tough time. It was very, very tough. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's there was just not much that we could do about it. And we tried to say as best we could, you know, this is what's happening. The show's not going to be at BuzzFeed anymore. We thankfully, thankfully, and I, I I, am now at a place in my therapy journey where I can say 
I appreciate BuzzFeed for giving us legal ownership of the show. Mm -hmm. Because even though that's a thing that should have happened, should be happening everywhere, it doesn't happen that often. I know that was very, very rare. Which could mean maybe they did care about the show. and Maybe they did care about us a little bit. Um, But since we had ownership of the show, but we were so tired and depressed, we didn't know if we were going to bring it back or not. Because we're like, you know, we have other talents, so maybe we'll explore that for a little while. And so since we couldn't tell people, like, yes, the show's over forever, or yes, the show will be coming back, I feel like um, the listeners were very frustrated. And Heaven had went on to TV show. Yes, which is her, like, true love. Mm -hmm. So since she had been there longer than me, I think she had, like, hit her point sooner than I did. And so she was like, all right, y'all, I'm out, but I'm still going to help with the show. So she was still helping as as well as she could. Um, But we just got burnt out. We just got petered out and... I was frustrated because I didn't understand the frustration of the fans because Mm -hmm. I was like in the middle of it now. Mm -hmm. And here's where it clicked for me. Somebody, because at one point I'm just like, okay, y'all. Let it go? No, I I did not sign a non-disclosure agreement once I was unceremoniously let go from the company. Um, I was upset about that. I no longer am because now I can have this conversation. Um, But I was like, okay, y'all, let's do a QA and a about another round you know like I know that I haven't been handling it well I was snapping on people I explained why and I'm just like let's try a Q&A and see like what what we can like divine together yeah and somebody uh gave me the best analogy and they were like you remember how you felt when girlfriends ended Mm. I was like oh my god I can't believe we did y'all like that we need to add a sound effect right now right (laughs) yes but yeah I was like recollection of that emotion everybody felt it (laughs) I still like yeah and I was like I understand now and I'm Mm. very sorry I'm sorry that I didn't then even though I understand why I didn't get it then but um it was a it was a whirlwind and I was um depressed i had gone on um what you call it medical leave after the show stopped at buzzfeed and it was while i was on medical leave that i was let go from the company Mm, just i don't don't know i don't know how that stuff works i don't i don't know i don't know not okay with this information i I wasn't thrilled (laughs) (laughs) of course yeah so um had already been like off work not working for maybe a year and then that happened, and then the depression really got heavy. So I was pretty much on my couch, not working for, it feels like, forever. But I guess it may have been two years or so. And that whole journey was just like... It didn't feel that long, because I felt like I like started hearing you on um, Netflix's mm-hmm. Strong Black Legends. Well... Is that what got you off the couch? That's what got me off the couch. And honestly, I almost said no, but I was like, I need money. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get you every time. Yeah, I need money. And also, this sounds like a fantastic opportunity. Um I was terrified, though. I was scared shitless because it was my first job. It's my first time back on the mic. I don't have my my homegirl with me. You're solo? I'm solo. Yeah, I'm like, do people even care? Do people want to hear me without heaven? I don't know if I would, honestly. (laughs) Um, And it was was tough. It was tough. But, um, again, at this point in my my journey, I've got a lot more energy, and I'm able to look back and see that, you know, when people are like, you know, this situation had to happen and it was necessary. I don't know that I agree with that, but I can say that the adversity and me looking up and being like, wow, I didn't die and I'm still living in New York City some kind of how, that helped a lot with my healing and mm-hmm. with my strength and being like, well, you know, maybe maybe you might be all right. You might be all right. And a new right. adventure. And a new adventure, yeah. So I want to ask you, Tracy, mm-hmm. as someone, I also deal with self-doubt mm-hmm. a lot. And you've talked about this so much. What do you say to yourself? Because it's one thing to feel it. It's another thing to recognize that you're feeling it. And I hate when people say, oh, you know, just you got this. And mm-hmm. just remember, that doesn't fucking work. Like, no, no matter doesn't. what you say to me, <laughs> I still don't believe I'm going to be great. Yeah. And you get through it, as mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it really requires a deep inner monologue. So I want to know what yours is. Uh-huh. Because I, I understand that self-doubt inner monologue is... It's- it's so hard. Um, what do you say to yourself in those moments to get to the mic yeah. and beyond? Honestly, the things that help me the most are um, it'll be over. You know, like so it's, it's. I have that. I do that sometimes. Yeah. I'm like it has to end. Mm-hmm. It has to end. Everything has to yeah, end, which is absolutely. another thing I got from therapy. Nothing is permanent. So I'm just like, it's going to suck maybe until it's over. You might feel like throwing up. 
throw up if you have to. I don't know. But it's going to end. This won't last forever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, worst case scenario, what? You produce something that nobody can use or you produce something that nobody likes. And there are things that are just beyond your control, you know. But you're not going to die, you know? Yeah. you know. And even if, like, let's say that this interview tanks my media career. Somebody's going to need some fries, uh cooked up and some burgers flipped or something. Okay. I can still answer phones for somebody, you know? You know what an old co-worker <laughs> told me? Because oh, throughout my career, I would always have these moments where, you know, you had some fuck-ups and you're like, oh my God, I'll be fine, I'll be mm-hmm, fine, I'll be fine, mm-hmm. I didn't do it, I didn't do it. And she looked at me one day and she said, even if you are fired and you get kicked out, mm-hmm. you're not going to be homeless. Mm-hmm. Right. Your mom, you can go to your mama's house. And sometimes mm-hmm. I still hold on to that. I do for sure. Because I'm like, you're right, I could go to somebody's family's house. I won't be on the street. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the worst that, is not the worst. worst. So yeah. it kind of like, okay, okay. Yeah. And that's another thing I learned through therapy is like the language that we use like really does program and change our brains. Mm-hmm. And I know I have the tendency to catastrophize. Mm. Like if I miss a train or something, I'm just like, well, that's it. I'm going to be late for this interview. The They're going to fire me. I'm not going to be able to find another job. I'm going to have to move back home with my mama. You know that we don't get along all that great under the same roof and then I'm never going to get back. Like, I'm doing all of this in my head and my brain is like, you know what? Yeah, probably, maybe. So I really do try to change the way that I talk to myself about it. Like, you know what? It'll be uncomfortable, but you'll be fine in the end. Also, so many mediocre white people out here doing everything. And Can we just give up a slow you know, Can we say it again? You know, so many That's mediocre white mantra. folks. Yeah. Heaven, um, I think, found this on Tumblr or somewhere on the internet, but... Um, her phrase, which became my favorite phrase, was carry yourself with the confidence of a mediocre white man. They be out here living, failing upwards every day with no talent. Promoting failure. Listen, being promoted because of failures, you know? And like trying to win Fire Festival. (laughs) That's come on. That (laughs) threw me because I was like, so wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold up, hold up. So these white people was just like, I can do this thing. Give me a lot of money. And they said yes. And they had no plans. With no plans? Ma'am. No I was just plans. like, we live in two different worlds. Two. And black folks are just so brilliant and mm-hmm. so resourceful and like so talented. We have actual talent because we have to entertain ourselves out here in the trenches. And also we just cooler than everybody else is. You know, like we just are. That's why they always stealing our shit. Yeah, brush your shoulders off a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm just up here like, <laughs> we are those things. Yeah. So yes. sometimes I try to think of like the most basic but successful white dude in the world. And I'm like, all right, I'm funnier than him. I'm smarter than him. I'm all of these other things in him. Let's just throw a Hail Mary and, and see what it. happens. And he's, and he's making, making it. it. He's thriving. Don't even make you mad. Mm. Okay, wait. But okay, speaking of that, mm-hmm. also now that you like, you know, fast forward to today. Mm-hmm. And you see, I mean, every week there's a new podcast mm-hmm. for a black woman. That's dope. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think about how we were, we've always been audible storytellers, right? Mm-hmm. Like as black yeah. women, it's it, from, yeah. to our ancestors and beyond. It's That's how we culture. told stories. So yeah. this was always a space where we were going to mm-hmm. take over and thrive and win. Mm-hmm. But you... In, and women like you kind of open that our eyes up to that, mm. you know, and that that makes you a trailblazer and an icon. Mm. And now looking at like the 500 new podcasts by Black women that uh-huh. probably launched last week, mm. do you feel pride in that? What do you think now about what you've done in that? You know, and even the BuzzFeed situation, just all of it, mm-hmm. and your new your new podcast that you're about yeah. to launch. Yeah. Um, How's it feel? I so here's where my. Um, I don't know if you call it self-doubt or imposter syndrome or what, but I, I'm, it's tough for me to be like, wow, look what I did. Look mm-hmm. what I had a hand in doing. Like, cause it just feels, it feels compliments are tough for me to receive and they're even harder for me to give myself. Um, so I think I look back and I just, I'm just like, I'm so glad that the times have changed so that this is now happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say there are times where I'll look at, you know, certain podcasts, uh, not from black folks necessarily. Um, but I'm just like, you know what? Y'all wouldn't be doing this shit if it wasn't for us. Uh-huh. You know, I do uh-huh. have those moments. Uh-huh. And speaking of the whole BuzzFeed Especially stuff. Especially ones that use um, our slang. Yes, okay. yes, mm. absolutely. I mean, as far as they name themselves. The drinks. Mm-hmm. Everybody's mm-hmm. drinking and doing something. Everybody's drinking. Well, cheers to everybody. Okay. <laughs> um, but it makes my heart so warm to see so many podcasts, especially from black women, because, like, first of all, Ha Ha BuzzFeed 
Y'all, y'all okay. had it. Y'all had a gold mine, and y'all Jokes were like, podcast. We just can't replicate your da 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 da. It's like, Meanwhile, okay, y'all. Podcasts are on TV now. Meanwhile, I'm pretty sure they're back at trying to podcast. Oh, heck yeah. I wish them the best. I do. I think yep. we can all acknowledge as digital content creators that that wave is ending. Yeah. Because yeah. I know I'm not on a damn website. Mm-hmm. I'm on social media and listening to things. Yeah. I'm on Twitter and the podcast app. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and I'm a journalist, a whole digital journalist who loves content. <laughs> yeah. And I don't make the time. Yeah. And it makes you me know feel I mean? really good. Yeah. It makes me feel really good that black women are like so central to this because we don't need them no more. Mm-mm. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Money-wise, sure, maybe to, like, blow up in a particular way where it's all, like, glossy and sexy and you've got all these amazing, like, cover photo shoots or whatever. That's fine. But you can get yourself a microphone. You can sit down in the closet, which is how people think podcasts are made anyway. (laughs) And you can say what you want. And you don't have to run it past a white editor who doesn't understand why this thing is important to you or doesn't think people are going to get this kind of slang. And I... If I were a white dude, I'd be nervous as hell right now. Mm. And I I would honestly be like, how can I be nicer to black women? (laughs) Because clearly things are changing. You know what I mean? Fast. I don't know why they're not. So what is the new podcast that you're doing? What is it? it? Um, So the new podcast is really, really fun. It is with um, MailChimp. I'm making it with Pineapple Street Studios. Um, Doing some really big things right now. They are the GOAT. They are. They are women-led, correct? Okay. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Jenna Weiss-Berman, who was the first person at BuzzFeed. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to go start my own shit, which so just so inspiring to me. bitch alert. Listen, listen. (laughs) Um, And at Pineapple Street, we are also... have a partnership with uh, Netflix's Strong Black Lead to make Strong Black Legends the podcast that really blew up. I was really excited. Shout out to Jasmine B. Knowing, Miles Worthington, Kevin Stuckey. Netflix, our hearts. Listen, oh my God. Doing the critical work. See what happens when you listen to black people? Hello? Just listen. And, and listen, listen to us. Let's pause for a minute. For a let's minute. be real. Like, yes, Netflix <laughs> is doing great original programming, but the fact that they have unearthed and undigged all the classics, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And given a platform to black talent that means, you know, like the bigger. Yeah. Like black names of, that white people have never heard of. Okay. That's what it is. And really. now they have on their Netflix mm-hmm. and putting them on the homepage. Yes. Can we talk about that? Though? Yes. You know like, what I mean? Because Netflix tells you what to watch that yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Right. Here's like, here's, here's all the black tonight. stuff that's coming out next yes. month. And I mean, I it's. It. It just makes sense. Like, you know, white people like nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Humans like nostalgia. Black people are human. Put some black nostalgia out there and, and just, like, damn. watch it grow. Just you know watch it You know when you won that interview and I, oh, God, I see his face. The little boy, he was a little uh, Simba in the original Lion King. Jason Weaver? Mm-hmm. Jason Weaver. Oh, my God. I kept seeing that podcast... Um, Everywhere. Everywhere. Like, that episode. Re- repurposed. Yes. Um, that episode. And I'm like, I'm sure when I first saw it, I was like, why did they talk to But then <laughs> now it makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Just people just love Jason yeah. Weaver. And you, you, when you saw his name, you wanted to know. Was I was like, him? oh my God, my boyfriend. I'm going to interview my boyfriend. And I was so scared. I was so nervous. Because I was like, you know what? It'll be easy. I'm just going to flirt with him a little bit. But he was like returning all of it. And I was like, oh my God, my mother's going to hear this. Son. His smile, yeah. And his skin. Mm. Oh my gosh. Mm. Delicious. I know. Right. I think we were talking minutes. about, oh, we were talking about the MailChimp podcast yeah. also. Please tell us about this. Okay, okay, Please. because it's yeah. really, really good. So it's called Going Through It. And the premise of the show is um, you know how, and this came from the, the talented Josh. Um, uh, he's like, you know how Oprah has those uh, uh-huh. aha moments? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oprah has those aha moments where you just know something for sure. Um, he was like, we were like, we want to talk about the oh, uh, uh moments. Like moments where and it's, we're interviewing all black women this season. Shout out to that. Right. And we're um, talking about moments where women were just looking around and like, this is not right. This is, I'm not happy. This is some bullshit and I'm going to do something about it. And so um, it's pretty much about that and those moments and taking charge of your life because I feel like that's where a lot of black women that. are, you know? Just like fed up. Can I subscribe right now? Okay. What? Please, please do. Wait, a lot of purpose not... comes from that pain. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Like from the pain of being. Look at you giving fat. a word over there, Charlotte Pan. Yes. Purpose comes from pain. I mean, that just that kind of pain, especially mm-hmm. when you're waking up every day knowing you're right in the middle of some bullshit. I yeah. can't wait to listen, Tracy. It's so good. We because... have some really, really good interviews, like some, some folks. We got some sermons. We got a mm. whole lot of laughing. Mm. And just. 
it's just a space where you can go to and just be like, thank God I'm not the only one, you know? And mm-hmm. also, I'm inspired to, like, go start some shit, you know? Yes. Like, I love all of my jobs, but I'm like, well, what if I started, like, a media company or something, Ooh. you know? Um, Yes. Okay. Here's my application. Okay, thanks. I'm going to put it in the file. Remember, I was first. <laughs> I, will, I will remember this. I'm yes, not going to remember this. Try. I have a terrible memory. <laughs> I'm going to try, I'll send you a link to this podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's but a great show. It's a fun show. I hope everybody listens to it. We um, will, because that sounds like the self-care yeah. that we need right now. And also, what if you don't have a girlfriend going through something to right. inspire you? I mean, these are conversations you may not get a chance to have exactly. with anyone in your world. Yeah, for a lot you, of reasons. Yeah. You know, maybe you live in Alaska and ain't no black people up there. That's, you know, maybe the friends that you have, you just don't have this particular kind of like safe space or whatever to exactly. talk about it. Maybe nobody gets like the particular struggle. But um, I think the, the common thread in all of them is like, you know, you'll... We're stronger than we know because we will take it until we can't anymore. You know, like whatever Mm. it is. Mm. And that's another thing I tell myself, like, you know what? This sucks. This sucks. I don't know if I can do it. And I'm just like, well, if you can't do it, then your body just won't be able to. And you just won't. And you'll have to do something else. So um, I think it's really, really inspiring. Um, I won't spoil anything, but there's some really fun and really funny episodes. I'm so ready for Yes, everybody subscribe. It's called Going Through It. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Go right now. Um, So this is actually season two of the podcast. Uh, Season one was hosted by the fantastic Ann Friedman of the Call Your Girlfriend podcast. And season two, we just switched it up a little bit to make it sound and feel a little more like me. And hopefully people like that because it's done. So I think you you like the sound of your voice now. Bit. I like that it gets me paid. <laughs> <laughs> There's no real answer than that. Received. You, you know, New York is not cheap. It's lit. <laughs> Do you anyway. know how many times I think about my very first apartment in Louisville? $739. It was probably like a mansion. Two bedroom loft. I got y'all. Downtown. High Ooh, ceilings. Two bed- oh, you won. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I thought I won because in New York, Harlem, $399 what? studio. What? Josh just looked. I did. And I got it in a good old print ad in the Daily News. Mm. I circled it. Rent controlled? Called. Rent controlled. Wow. Got it on the first. You know what? Considering, I think you did win because that is quite rare in New York York City. When you first got here? When I first got here. And it was cute. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a, a, you know, size of a a studio. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we had a twin bed and I had a cat. What else do you need? Yeah. I had a window. I had a little uh, fire escape. So I put a little plant out there. I mean, mm-hmm. from in my coming from PG County, Maryland, I was just like, I'm yeah. sex in the city. That's like, New this York. Was, this yeah. New York. Living the dream. Yeah. 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 I once lived in a, like a half studio, which was basically a room that had a bathroom attached to it in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. $1,500. Had one window that I could not see out of. So I think you win. You I think you win. Yeah. Gracias. <laughs> Casey, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was so thank fun. You, thank you. All the gems. Oh! And where can we find you? I know besides the podcast, but where else can we? Um, you can find me talking and sharing way too much about myself on Twitter <laughs> at Brokey McPoverty. Instagram is the same. And um, there's also Netflix's Strong Black Legends. Listen to it when you get when you get tired of one, switch to the other. When you it. get tired of that one, come on back to the other. I one. need options. Don't, yes. I mean, we we'll got two of them for you. I hope Again. so. <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Thank you. It was so fun. Special thanks to our guest Tracy Clayton and our sponsor Spotify. See you next week. Be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of. Yes, girl. Such as our conversations with Rafael Sadiq, Kelly Rowland, Regina King, and Fantasia. You can check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, and Google Play. And while you're there, be sure to rate us and review us. See you next week. Bye.